0: This is The Rooted Podcast, a conversation about the Christian worldview and its implications for every part of life. The Rooted Podcast is hosted by Steve Royce and Brady Johnson. Together, they have over two decades of experience in the business and tech industries and share a desire to help others filter all of life through the Christian faith.
1: Hi, and thanks for listening to The Rooted Podcast. I'm Steve. And I'm Brady. And on this episode, we'll discuss how to take the next steps in demonstrating your faith to someone before, during, or after you've had the opportunity to talk with them about what you believe. Uh, This is something that we've uh, discussed in scripture, uh, examples like the following, uh, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. And that's James 3.13. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus uh, for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's Ephesians 2.10. And uh, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Ephesians 4.1. And also uh, look carefully, then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise. And that's Ephesians 5.15. Yeah, you get the theme. Uh, Ephesians is all about. (laughs)
2: your walk right but there's others too in other letters of paul and and other writers as well so paul says so as to walk in a manner worthy of the lord fully pleasing to him bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of god and that comes from colossians chapter 1 verse 10 walk in wisdom toward outsiders making the best use of the time also from colossians chapter 4 verse 5 he also writes so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one in First Thessalonians four twelve, and then one more example: whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked, and that comes from First John two six.
1: Yeah, and, and there are even more, uh, but you know, I think we we have the point right here. <laughs> yeah. Um, the new Testament writers were were really interested in not only giving, getting our beliefs in the doctrine, right, but really encouraging believers to ensure that their lives and their actions line up with those beliefs and the doctrines. Anything less would just be hypocrisy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that in mind, let's discuss a few opportunities that we all have to, to really walk well, uh, before those in our lives who don't know Christ, right? Or they really walk the walk, uh, before we can talk the talk. And then we can really demonstrate what we actually believe. And what we talk about and what we're striving to live consistently with those beliefs.
2: Yeah. So in this episode, we want to give you three, we'll call them opportunities that we have to demonstrate uh, what we believe, not just to talk about it like we've been discussing in past episodes. And this is really where we have an opportunity if we're going to re- go back to that the sales process idea to once you've shared what a what a a thing can do. It's time to kind of show it off to prove that what you've been telling this potential customer about that it actually does the thing that you said it can do. And so when it comes to our faith, you know, we talk about how it's real, how important it is, how much it affects our lives. Well, we should have opportunities to demonstrate that that's actually the case. And so with this first opportunity, we're going to invite them to observe and what I mean by that is really to observe our lives. Ideally, this is something that you have been demonstrating the entire time that you've known this person. But if not, then man, it sure is good accountability. So you can actually invite them to pay attention to how you live, to the language that you use, to how you treat others, to how you speak about people, when they aren't in the room and another things like that. And, and again, the purpose of this invitation is not to puff you up or so that you can pat yourself on the back, but rather it is to try and offer this person evidence if that's what they're looking for, that you do actually believe and live out what you talk about, that you don't just pay it lip service. You don't claim to follow Jesus, but then treat people in an unchristlike way. And frankly, I think for some of us, uh, this could be a, this could be a gut check moment. This could be, could be the hard swallow where if you have been living inconsistently with what you say you believe, well, then this could expose that, but it also could expose whether or not you tend to as we all are tempted to at times, significantly change how you act depending on who you're with. So for example, uh, acting, speaking, and behaving one way at church, but then a radically different way at work, that would be one, one way that that could play out. But it could also just be changing your character from one group of friends that are your church friends to a a different kind of way that you act when you're with another group of friends at school, for instance. Ideally, and and I think biblically and and for the sake of our own reputation and for the sake of our Christian witness, you and I have to be the same person throughout every day, every situation and every context in order to successfully be able to invite this kind of scrutiny into our lives. But if we do, and if we're able to do that, I really do think there there really will be an impact on this person as a result, that they will say and see, man, you really do believe this. You really live differently. And at the very least, that's the conclusion that the person should arrive at. They should at least arrive at the conclusion that, hey, you actually believe in your Christian faith. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to conclude because you believe your Christian faith is true, that that the Christian faith is true. Uh, just because you act consistently and you have aligned your life and, and your beliefs and your behaviors all together. But what it does do is it takes away the number one complaint that are lodged against Christians today. And that is that we're hypocrites and that we don't live out what we say we believe, or we live inconsistently. If you are living in a consistent way, that's off the table for them. That's not a thing that they can say at least when it comes to you uh, and your witness. And that's a good thing. Uh, we should all strive uh, for that. So that's our first opportunity to invite them to observe our own lives and just say, hey, check me out. See if if you think I don't believe this because I, I actually do make decisions and I, I behave and talk and speak in a certain way because I'm trying to follow Jesus. And if you see me acting in a way that isn't consistent with that.
1: I want you to tell me. Right. Which is good. I mean, you, you want to be called out if you're being a hypocrite, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, it is a good for that accountability. Um, you know, when you offer that invitation and, uh, you're given the opportunity to really show your faith, um, you know, and if you've given them that opportunity to, to observe and witness, you know, the next is that second opportunity to experience, invite them to experience, uh, what you have. And that's, you know, if you're part of a small group and you should be, if you're not, uh, then invite the person that you're talking to, to join you in your small group or to just come with you to church and see kind of what that's about to really test drive your church experience. And, you know, the reason for this could be different than the last opportunity, really, this isn't about really just showing them, uh, that you actually do go to church or anything like that. Rather, it's, it's more about that idea uh, that if they've never been to a church. Or they haven't been in a long time, that you're really giving them the opportunity to see what your church is like, Uh, and that's important. Mm -hmm. And you know, we're assuming, of course, that you don't go to some weird church, or you know, that new visitors (laughs) won't be treated poorly or made to feel awkward. Yeah, it's not one of those churches. You're like, hey, welcome. Here's a here's a snake to handle. (laughs) Right? Yeah, exactly. And if that's the case, then you should probably find a new church, right? And I think we've probably all had some weird church experiences in the past. And, you know, there'll be things about the church experience that are going to be new or different for someone who's never been a part of it. Right. Because church is for believers after all. Yeah. But it shouldn't be so different that you can't understand what's happening and why. Yeah. Uh, and if you're willing to attend, uh, if they're willing to attend with you, then it's really a good idea to, to prep them ahead of time on what they should expect. Yeah. Right. hundred percent. So if you you know know the the passage that your small group or your pastor is going to be teaching from, maybe you can read ahead and give them some historical context of that book or you know kind of prep them for what they're going to be hearing about mm-hmm. um, you know for for the worship and singing that's gonna be happening in your church, you know, we'll talk to them a little bit about what the theology is behind those uh, those words and what the worship is is really intending and solidifying in your faith. yeah why do we sing in church yeah and and all those things yeah, exactly. You know, if you're going to be uh, doing you know communion uh, you know talk about what the Bible has to say about communion and if it's not something that someone needs to do or if they should uh, whether or not they should participate in it right if you aren't a believer right uh, you know, just don't put them in a situation where they're going to feel pressure to do something that they don't know what it's about or that they aren't comfortable with yeah if you're
2: if you go to a church where you do communion every week and you invite someone, or if it just so happens that you invite someone and it lands on the once a month or once every other month that you do communion, I think it's super important to just set the expectation up front to say, listen, this is what we're going to do at the end of service or beginning or whenever we do it. This is why we do it. It's it's based right here in in these verses. And one of the things in these verses is also explicitly that this is for believers. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's not where you're at in your journey. So please I don't want you, I not only don't want you to feel pressure to do this because this is what's going to happen. The plate's going to come or you're going to go up front or like, don't go up front. But I think actually it would be good for you not to do it because that would not be something that you have decided that you believe Mm -hmm. and to just kind of get that out in the open so that they're not put in a situation where they don't know what to do or they don't know what's going on.
1: Yeah, and it removes that sense of obligation too, where they might feel like they have to do it, right? You know, which can lead for an awkward awkward situation. Right. You know, but after you you do all this, you know, then you, you want to take them to lunch or, or coffee, and it's going to be on you, uh, and really debrief and kind of get their thoughts on that experience, whether they have questions or if they've made any uh, observations that you can follow up on, and they may have a lot, right? And they may need some time to process it, and in either of those cases, you know, make sure that you are following up with them so that they aren't left hanging. Uh, That way, if they've had an experience and they don't know what to do with it.
2: Yeah. I mean,
1: you, you, Brady came to faith
2: when you were older, like you were in, in high school or or just post high school. So do you remember being, were you invited to check out a church uh, even before you were a believer at any point? And what was that experience like for you?
1: Yeah. And I I will say it was, it was definitely an awkward experience. I, I don't know that I was really prepped going into it all I remember is it being awkward and I was I was much younger but it was one of those things where when I think back on the experience it was just it was weird it was awkward is that
2: because there were things happening that you didn't you didn't understand or you didn't know why things
1: were were going on or, or yeah being exactly done the, the way that they were being done yeah I mean there was there was a rhythm and a flow that I, I wasn't familiar with there were things happening you know people going up you know and speaking, I didn't know what the purpose of it was. And keep in mind, uh, again, being much younger, you, you also don't have that expectation uh, set. And if it's not being set for you, you don't know what you're grasping for. So yeah. you don't know what you don't know.
2: Right. <laughs> well, and I think really what we're getting at here is just this idea that if you're going to invite someone to church, and you should, if they're if they're ready for that, and if they're willing to take you up on it, it's always a good idea to try and put yourself in in their shoes and in their perspective and just think through i mean to us who have gone to church for a long time or even some of us basically our whole lives it is a a second home for a lot of us and so we're so comfortable there and we're so able to just walk into that building and feel at home and we know the people and we know the we know the the culture and all those other things but to put ourselves in their shoes to go what is this experience going to feel like for them? What is it going to look like for them? How are they going to feel walking into a, a big crowd or a room of people where they know one person and they don't know anyone else? And and how is that experience going to be? And what can you do ahead of time to try and alleviate some of that? I mean, just another one that, so we talked about what passage is going to be talked about or the singing or the worship or communion, but like something like baptism, for example, if they don't know. I mean, I think most people know that Christians baptize, but they might not know why we baptize, like what is the purpose? So if it happens to be a a week where a baptism is happening, all these are great opportunities, by the way, for you to show them that a lot of what Christians do in church is based directly out of the example and the teaching that comes from our scriptures. So our scriptures drive what we do when we go to church together and they're not separate things. And so it's a good opportunity as well to kind of uh, not only set their expectations and, and make it a more enjoyable and comfortable experience for them, but also to uh, get more opportunity to get into scripture with them and to show them what we believe and why we believe it. So that's our second opportunity. And our third one is I think just to invite them uh, to to pray, and this is something that again it, we would say these these are opportunities are in no particular order. You may end up in a situation where someone is willing to go to church with you, uh, or maybe you've known someone for a super long time, and you it would be weird to invite them to look at your life because they <laughs> they already know you right they know your life and they've been. Observing you, so they know that you live consistently, so maybe for that person, this might be a, a good next step is to just say, "Have you ever tried praying? Have you ever tried talking with god and and if not, why not and is and <laughs> almost like a if he's not real, then what's the harm right? You're just talking to yourself, but if he is and if he does listen, then why isn't that something that maybe you should be willing to 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 try and I would say if you're going to do this and if you're going to set this as a uh, uh, an invitation for someone, then you should probably do it with some some specific goals in mind. So one recommendation, again, you can, you can do what you want, but one recommendation from my perspective would be if you're going to invite someone to try praying, try to encourage them to do it for at least a certain, uh, a minimum amount of time of, I don't know, at least seven, 10 days, something like that. Because one of the, one of the dangers of not putting some sort of limit or expectation or goal on it would be to say, you know, Hey, have you ever tried prayer? Like, yeah, I prayed one time that one, one night and nothing happened. It's like, well, maybe try it a little more consistently than that. It's almost like saying, well, yeah, I went to the gym once and Mm -hmm. I didn't get strong. It's like, well, maybe put in, put in a little bit of consistency and then see See what happens as a result so with that in mind i feel like we can encourage people to pray especially if they're new to prayer with some very specific things in mind just say here's what you can think about or you can you can ask is if you're gonna if you're gonna pray to god ask jesus to reveal himself to you uh you know because part of what this journey that you've been on is that you're not sure if he is who he says he is, you're not sure if he's really real. You're not sure if he is God. So you can, if you're going to pray, you can ask and say, Jesus, if you are who you say you are, would you reveal that to me? Would you in some way, shape or form make that clear? Um, and and to ask Jesus to speak to them through their circumstances, so, I mean, to encourage them to ask God to utilize the, the circumstances, the people in their lives, scripture, if they happen to be reading some scripture, dreams, I mean, any, any of the means that he may choose to reveal himself and to make himself known. And just this idea that in their prayer if to say, if they're really sincerely asking to connect with God, if they're really seeking him to just be open to however God may choose to, uh, to go about that. And then to ask Jesus to help them to notice in the moment when he is speaking, uh, and to just make that very clear so that they are not left wondering, well, what was that? That they're just, it's, it's clear that God is, God is reaching out to them, that God is pursuing them and seeking uh, a relationship with them. And I think that's something that if someone is a little bit more, uh, willing to go with you into, if if they're kind of on the verge, this would be a really good invitation for them. It's just to say, I just, just try it and, and we can even do it together, but to, to just, uh, try praying and talking to God and see what happens. And the goal of this isn't the same as what you will hear Mormon missionaries encourage people to do, for instance, to read and pray and then to wait for you know that burning in your bosom that just tells you that, well, this is true. What it is instead is an open invitation to ask God to work in this person's life and to continue to draw them to him. So we're not hoping that this person has some mystical experience that just converts them on the spot. Although, I mean, I guess if that does happen, then that's that's God's prerogative right <laughs> if if he wants to choose to to work in that way, but I guess from my personal perspective, coming from a more conservative background, especially, and so i you know if I'm biased in this i I will willingly admit that, but I think the problem with mystical experiences, especially as a basis for conversion, is that If an experience convinces you to follow Jesus, then an experience can convince you otherwise uh, too. An experience can convince you to unfollow Jesus or to stop following Jesus. So all we're doing here is we're encouraging a person who is already open to the possibility that Christianity is true to seek God directly through prayer and to be open. We're not expecting them to be struck by lightning or for uh, you know some holy fog to fill the room and we're not making those kinds of things an expectation we're also not making you know success in prayer dependent on whether those things happen all we're saying is we're asking god to just like james says to be a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and if this person is willing to diligently seek god then god promises he'll respond to that So there's a big caveat with this and and really with all of these opportunities, because there is room in here for these things to get sideways and to be taken um, and, and misused and abused. The intention of demonstrating these things in your faith through these different ways, it is not to show the person that you believe in Jesus or in Christianity because it works or because it does something for you. Like see, come to church and see that um, this fills a void in my life and I have all these connections and so you should go to church and be a Christian too so that you'll have uh, all these same kinds of relationships that I do. That's not why we're a Christian. We're not a Christian because it does something for us or because it fills a void that we have or because it is useful somehow. The Christian worldview isn't true Because it works or because it does something for us it works because it's true And that's a really important distinction. What we're trying to show them is not Hey, see that uh, I live this way. Therefore It must be good for you. And so you should do the same thing It's not what we're saying. We're saying it's true and because it's true because this is the way that reality actually is it's going to as a Side benefit. It's going to do a lot of good things for you because you are now living uh in reality mm-hmm. <laughs> you're living according to the way life really is and was designed to be lived by the one who created you and that's going to bring benefits but the benefits aren't the goal the benefits are the 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 icing on top uh you should believe it because it's true and because you're convinced of the truth of it not because you think it can do something for you
1: yeah and i like that too because you know you're you're not seeking out to write a prescription for somebody to to Promise that their specific ailment might be solved, or whatever yeah. it might be. Just like with Paul's thorn in the flesh, mm-hmm. like you don't, exactly. you don't
2: know whether God has a purpose in, you know, not removing something or or some situation that they might be dealing with. He might have a reason uh, beyond what we would know about for allowing that to stay, and so you don't want to make it about what God can do for you because mm-hmm. that's. <laughs> That's God's not a cosmic gumball machine, right? <laughs> you don't put your quarter in or do your prayers or whatever. And then God has to do stuff. That's he's a person,
1: right? Like you don't treat people that way. And yeah, I think you're exactly right. It would kind of be terrible too. If if people could just kind of petition up what they want from God at any given moment as if he was a gumball machine. Right. A lot of implications. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, really to summarize, you know, we, we have a lot of opportunities to live out our faith and really demonstrate that what we believe for others, uh, if we're willing to take them. Right. Uh, whether that's going to be the invitation uh, for people to observe and kind of inspect our lives or inviting them to participate in a group like our small group, or our church events, or inviting them to try prayer for the first time. Uh, we can help people to really see that this isn't just something that we talk about or that we pay lip service to, as he was talking about earlier, this is real stuff. It's actually real. Mm-hmm. So in our next episode, uh, we'll discuss things, uh, what things look like when a person has done some of those things, right? But it uh, is still struggling maybe with the next steps or they're floundering to make a commitment to follow Jesus, uh, even if all of their questions have been addressed or answered. So stay tuned for that next time. Thanks, everyone.
0: Thanks for joining us on the Rooted Podcast, a creation of Rooted Productions and an affiliate of the Oasis Church in Gilbert, Arizona. For more information about the podcast or to submit a question or comment, please visit us at rooted.productions. Follow us on Instagram at rooted.productions or email podcast at rooted.productions that's rooted.productions. We hope you'll join us next time.